Hello, everybody. What's going on, my lovely friends? Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. I can't believe we're halfway through another week already. Actually, I also can't believe that we're like in September already. When did that happen? Where has this year gone? Anyway, we have another amazing guest joining us today. I'm really super excited uh, that Stephanie Hoffman is gonna be joining us. She is otherwise known as Underground Metalworks, and she is a welder and fabricator and uh, promoter of trades, careers, and just an all around awesome woman. Uh, and so we are going to about now. I've not actually met Stephanie in person, so I'm really excited to get to know her a little bit and hear her story and introduce her to all of you guys. Hi, lovely. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. good. It's getting dark out too early these days here. <laughs> oh my God. Where are you? Uh, New Jersey. The Jersey Shore. <laughs> I didn't know that you're... Are you a Jersey girl? Yeah. Born and like, raised. I was born in Jersey. Yeah, what part? Montclair, North Jersey. Oh, that's a little north of me. Yeah. That's yeah. Like 45 minutes. I'm in Ocean County, like Seaside Heights. Oh my God. Island. Yeah. Jersey girls. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. Very cool. Well, thank you for agreeing to join me. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's tell everybody who's watching a little bit about you and, and me. I don't know. Like how, what's your, what's your backstory? How did you get into doing what you do? Okay. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I started probably... 20 years ago now. It's been a while. You were like 10 uh, years old. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I started about 20 years ago. My dad uh, was running a paving company and he wasn't a welder at all. He ran like heavy equipment and all that stuff. Uh, but going to the shop, he was always enamored over the welders in the shop and was always really like proud of what they were doing and being a daddy's girl and kind of a tomboy. I, I saw that and thought, oh, well, he likes that. Maybe I can impress him by wanting to go and uh, you know, <laughs> be a welder. So nice. uh, next thing you know, I was, I was trying it out and uh, took my first welding class my freshman year in high school. Nice. And then um, I was one of the first females to ever be um, accepted into the vocational welding program my junior oh, wow. and senior years. And uh, yeah, my mom had to actually fight for me to get into that program because they actually told me no, that they didn't have bathroom accommodations for me. So it was, it was like the lamest excuse ever. My mom's like, I'm going to call back again. And I hope you have a very different answer for me. Um, oh my God, so, that's amazing. I've yeah. totally heard that excuse before for things too. And it's great. I'm like, yeah. really? Really? Yeah. Come on. My mom, thank God for my mother, because if it wasn't for her, I'd probably... Uh, I probably would have just thrown a towel. Like, all right, I'll go be a hairdresser or something. Right? Yay <laughs> but, for parents supporting yeah. their kids. <laughs> yeah. So she was she was a big advocate for me, and, and she stood her ground and made sure I got in that program, and I excelled. I had a, I don't know if you're familiar with certifications, AWS certifications, but I got my first 6G pipe um, certification when I was, I think, the end of my junior year in high school. Oh, so wow. that was a pretty big accomplishment. I actually That's got awesome. my aluminum 6G cert pipe uh, pipe cert before my welding instructor got his. He failed his a couple of times and I got mine first try. <laughs> so, so he was better uh, at teaching. One of my proudest accomplishments, yeah. <laughs> but, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and then I, I got into the pipe industry um, while I was in high school, I started working. Actually, my first job in high school was working at a shipyard and that was oh, wow. I don't know how people do it. Um, <laughs> I was working in, in uh, Point Pleasant Beach at a shipyard <laughs> doing like clam thread repair. And me oh, and this kid, we got hired at the same time 
and all I cared about was not quitting before he quit. So I knew he was going to quit. It was just a waiting game until he quit first because I was not going to quit first. So he quit. I quit the next day. I hated it so much and never went back for my last paycheck. They still owe me money. But, oh my God. <laughs> but it was bad. It was horrible. Um, and then from there, I went into the pipe industry and kind of loved it. Um, That's awesome. And funny enough, I thought I would only be a stick welder and uh, ended up loving TIG welding and kind of, that was kind of my niche, doing anodized aluminum pipe on, on yachts and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Towers and sky bridges, bow rails, ladders, Interesting. So you've done a lot of like really industrial, like hardcore stuff. Um, I guess, I mean, the, the anodized work that I did was super, um, uh, I don't, I don't know what the word would be. Um, but very clean, I guess. Like there, okay. there was no tolerance for any like, you know, damp, like scratch marks, cut marks, anything like that on the pipe. I mean, you can have like a pencil point mark on it and they're like, cut it off, do it again. Um, oh, wow. So it was a lot of pressure there. Um, and yeah, so that was, the rest was kind of history. I went and just kept welding, went in the army for a little while. I wanted to be a welder, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> they were like, you scored too high on your ASVAB. So they made me be an Intel analyst. And uh, oh wow, that was all right. Uh, it, it wasn't for me. So Interesting. I went right back into welding. <laughs> As soon as I That's got it. awesome. Um, yeah, and then I fell into teaching welding because uh, I had my daughter and stuff, and the life of a welder was a little difficult being a single mom. So I, I got my degree in education while working as a welder and thought I would just be a regular teacher and just get out of welding altogether. And then the job opened up, and my former welding instructor, who I'd worked with um, as a, like a teacher's aide doing like TIG instruction, um, he was like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta apply at the school down in South Jersey. It's like down by the Delaware Memorial bridge in Salem County. Okay. And I was like, that is super rural down there. They're not going to hire a chick to run that program. No way. So I applied just threw my name in the hat. I actually bailed on the first, uh, interview. It was like, ah, no, it's too far. It's not for me. And ended up going back, fell in love with the school, got hired like the next day, basically. And, uh, fell in love with teaching and kind of encouraging kids and, Worked there for uh, four four years, just about, and then the AWS picked me up to um, to tour the country with their careers and welding trailer and help with nice. the the grant programs and stuff, and kind of uh, I guess broadening the image a little bit of of the AWS and who are members of the AWS. Yeah, all that. For anybody who's watching who doesn't know what or who AWS is, tell us a little bit about that and what because you're doing like you're promoting tr career. Careers on the trades. I can't speak English today, yeah. apparently. Um, so <laughs> tell a little bit more about that program and how that works. Yeah, so the American Welding Society, we're the largest welding organization pretty much in the world. Um, we are made up of tons of industry partners. Uh, we have all types of folks on our executive boards from all different, you know, companies, things that, you know, uh, Miller and Lincoln and um, just like, you know, all those types of industry folks are, are yeah. all part of what we do. Um, and not just, you know, partners and trying to get all that stuff squared away in that department, but we also do, you know, codes and standards. So anybody who's taking uh, welding certifications and stuff like that are generally taking them to some type of, um, AWS okay. uh, certification uh, standards. Um, so we, we write all that good stuff. We have, uh, webinars and seminars and tons of great content, um, and then we have grants and scholarship programs. I mean, a ton of money last year we gave out. I think it's like $1.4 million in scholarships and grants oh, wow. to students and schools. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so a lot of people needed. don't know that. 
and we have scholarships for all different people in all different brackets of, of the industry from um, engineers, uh, we have engineering specific um, scholarships, we have entry level vocational programs scholarships, so we have the welder training one that's $1,000 for anybody, there's no age requirements, none of that stuff, it's for any type of welding um, program that you can think about like a basic level vocational school or that's a awesome. trade school, you know, your local program. Um, so anywhere in the country that that, that would work for. Um, on the trailer that I toured the country with, so I toured the country 18 weeks a year with the Careers and Welding trailer that's sponsored oh, cool. by Lincoln Electric. So that's been a blast. So I spent 18 weeks of my life last year um, getting to know students from all across the country and instructors and going to visiting schools and on the trailer every day that the trailer was out at an event, I gave out a thousand dollar scholarship to somebody nice. doing career welding. So, so mean, it awesome. Was, it was, we, I gave out scholarships to people from, cause the scholarship they had, what are we doing? Four years to redeem it, I believe it was so that even a freshman in high school could win it and then save it. And when they graduate, use it. Um, but we had, you know, 14, 15 year old students winning it all the way up to, you know, folks in their late fifties and stuff winning it because it. they wanted to, you know, learn a new trade, uh, pick yeah. up a side job or just get out of the career that they were in. Um, so it was really cool meeting all those people. Oh, that's um, amazing. That What an yeah. incredible experience. Yeah. And before you move on from that too much, like, do you have any like amazing stories from that? Like touching Actually, you personal know. stories? Yeah. Tell so there, there was a young lady who came on the trailer. I think we were at, what school was it? It might have been Chattanooga, okay. like tech, somewhere in Tennessee, somewhere in Chattanooga, I believe it was. I think, I don't know. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> it was a lot of places. But um, she was adorable. She actually was, um, a, you know, a newer mom, and she was going back to college. Her Husband was a welder and she wasn't happy with her job and stuff like that. So she got inspired by him to go and uh, become, I think she was in the welding engineer program okay, uh, nice. or something like that. And her, she worked on a family farm, pretty rural background that she came from, not a lot of money. And a lot of the kids come on and they, they win the scholarships just because they're kind of competing sometimes with their other classmates and everything. Um, and when she won it, she was crying because it turns out her farm that she was helping her grandparents try and keep up with and stuff. They just had to file bankruptcy and they were getting rid of the farm. She didn't know how she was going to be able to pay for next semester. So like getting this money and being able to kind of like take a little bit of pressure off of her meant the world yeah. to her. And it was just awesome. And you know, she's just a really, really inspiring story. And stories like that is what makes, you know, what I do on the trailer so important. Sorry, oh. my baloney is barking. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Does, does he want to join? Senile. <laughs> oh. Does he want to join the live? Say hello. No, I put, I put him in the back of my office back there, thinking he would be all right. But <laughs> <laughs> somebody asked a question. I don't want to um, miss. They, how often do you have to get recertified? They wanted to know. Um, so certifications can often depend on the place that you're working. Okay. Um, so if you're working at a place and they want that job site specifically wants you to requalify every six months while well, you're requalifying every six okay. months. Okay. So, yeah. But you can get like generic AWS certifications too. So okay. if they won't be stamped by your actual employer though. So awesome. Very cool. What a cool, cool experience doing that tour bus. That is amazing to do. What, what is it about 
like, I, I think you and I are on the same page about this, but I, I asked the question just to hear your thoughts on it. Like, why, why help promote careers in the trades? Like, why are you passionate about that? Man, I guess because one from being an instructor and kind of falling into it, being a teacher and seeing um, what I can give back to, to a small town community, especially like where I worked in Salem County. Um, and having parents reach out and say, thank you so much for, you know, encouraging my kid to, to give this a try and do it. And he loves it. And he finally feels like he's part of a community and a group like that always resonated so much with me that these kids aren't just getting, you know, career skills out of it. They feel like they belong to something, you know, and, yeah. and then you have platforms like, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and, and you have all these communities of people where you can reach out and ask questions. And, and I think a lot of kids need that. They need to feel like they're a part of something, you know, bigger, I think sometimes. And that's always been a pretty big driving factor, watching these kids succeed. It's always kind of really proud when you see your students struggle with something and then all of a sudden it just clicks and they get it. It's the best it. moment, isn't it? Yeah. And now, <laughs> now I get to do it with my daughter, which has been, which has been real fun. Yes, that's been so much fun. For anybody who doesn't follow Stephanie, you need to. It's Underground Metalworks. Check her out. Um, are, you're on YouTube under the same name as well? or No. So all my oh. videos are under the American Welding Society. So, okay. Yeah, so okay. you can find them all there. Awesome. So American Welding Study and then on Instagram as Underground Metalworks. Mm -hmm. um, she's been doing a bunch of videos with her daughter, which is so cool. How old is your daughter now? She's 11. Okay. So question, because I get asked this a lot. How old was she when you started teaching her welding? Because people ask, yeah. when is it too young to start teaching a kid? So, so this is my approach on it. I didn't just, a lot of parents just want their kid to love it and they want them to like it and they want them not to be afraid of, you know, flames and sparks and everything we tell them, no, don't touch that. You know, like, right. so don't go by the candle, don't go by the stove. Um, so it's really hard to suddenly drag your kid out of the shop and go, oh, no, no, it's okay here. And this thing is Play with fire. at 3,500, uh, 3, you know, RPM on a grinder. And you're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> you know, uh, and they're like, no, this is fine. Just talk about it. Okay. <laughs> totally so, fine. So what I did was I just introduced her slowly. I think, I want to say she was probably about, I mean, she knew what I would do out in the shop, but she would kind of stay away. She's probably five, six years old. And I introduced her to just, tools that weren't going to produce too much action. So sanding. So I, I, you know, showed her a little orbital sander, you know, it has a little bit of motion in her hand. There's some type of feeling yeah. there. There's sounds that are a little louder than she's used to. So we started off with just sanding and then she could see the welding, grinding and stuff, everything else that's going on and just getting her a little bit comfortable with some of the, the equipment that she has to put on, you know, safety glasses and, you know, a face shield if she's, you know, using a grinder or around any of that stuff. So that's like a soft introduction that I think is really important for the smaller kids, especially if you're talking like below eight years old, where yeah. it's just a lot. It's sensory overload for them, basically. Oh, um, and totally. I think a lot of parents forget about that. They mm -hmm. think, you know, their kid's just being a wimp or a baby, but um, it's a lot for them, especially when the, the gloves are eight sizes too big and the jacket's right <laughs> Right. You know? So uh, one thing, once we start, I started to introduce her then the next step after like getting her used to like what the sander is and just the, the sights and sounds of the shop was I had her uh, use the OxyFuel torch and the plasma cutter were the next step that we kind of migrated nice. to. And I want to say she was probably eight or nine by the time we kind of started getting into that type of stuff. Um, and she loved it. She really, she did okay with that. Um, my biggest thing is waiting till about that eight or nine group grouping to really start introducing stuff where they're going to have to wear a lot of the heavier jackets because mm -hmm. Biggest thing I tell people when they ask me, what do I put my daughter in? It's find 
the smallest size women's PPE that you can find. Men's small is still gigantic. Oh, um, totally. You know, it's too big. Um, but there's companies out there that, that do have women's line, you know. Not, Thankfully, not, finally. Not, 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 not trying to plug anybody here, but Lincoln Electric's line, uh, Jessica yeah. Holmes' Lincoln Electric line is fantastic. And they do make an extra small. So yes. the extra small is a home run for the kids. And they come extra small gloves, too. They nice. may not fit perfectly, but it's the closest you're going to get, you know. Totally. Um, and it's lighter weight. Yeah, it's so cool to see so many more like companies actually validating women in welding by having stuff for us because it's hard. When I started 20 years ago, the way I got my gloves to fit was just hopefully they got hot enough and they started to kind of melt down to my fingers. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. They self-formed basically, you know, so that was kind of right. And just like rifling through to find whatever whatever jacket was the smallest in the in the the mound of men's giant jackets. Oh yeah, it was the same on the mechanical side, right? Like they didn't make women's work pants that the uniform companies had. Like that just wasn't even an option. So it was like wearing all like the man's clothing. Like work work boots was even hard back then when I first started. I used to buy the only thing that I could find that was like reasonable as a work boot when I first started out in high school was I would buy the largest size of little boys Timberlands. Same, same. I had to do the same. <laughs> There's always little boy shoes. It was the only thing. <laughs> yep, that was pretty much the same with me. It was, it was rough and they were so awkward looking and terrible. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was always fun. I got, I got smarter though. Now my daughter, she, she wears the Doc Martens. So they make nice there Doc Martens and kids sizes. I mean, they're not, Obviously, you're not finding steel-toed children-sized boots, but right. you know, you're, you're probably not doing too much extreme stuff with your child in the shop, right? right. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> I know. Some parents, right? I mean, you're some people would consider what you're doing pretty extreme. You guys are doing some pretty, like, intense projects with her. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's getting there. She Now she's to the point where she's completely comfortable setting up, like, she can set up the mid welder fine, run the plasma nice. cutter just fine. Um, she started introducing her a little bit, some aluminum TIG welding. Nice. Um, she liked that the best because obviously there's no real, no real sparks there, but it's just a lot for her to, to do still. Um, she's getting there. She understands the, like the overall idea behind it. Girl, it's a lot for me to do still. I'm still learning TIG. So like, yeah. <laughs> she's doing <laughs> I'm sure she's a better welder than I am already. Yeah, she's, she's, she's doing pretty good. It's, it's awesome to see how proud she gets. Uh, today, oh she actually, she's like, Mom, I was thinking of uh, making something in the shop this week. I was like, well, I'm a little busy. I got this big sculpture stuff in my room right now. And she's like, well, I was just thinking we could make like, um, over at her dad's house, she's got a little quad. And she said, like, I was just thinking I could make like a wagon for my, for my quad. <laughs> like, I like, love it. <laughs> Okay, we're not doing that right now. Sorry. Sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah, so she's, cool. she's always got these ideas. And yeah, when she first started really getting good with the plasma cutter, it was like everybody had to get like a nameplate or something. Yes. Cut out. Everybody got a piece of metal. <laughs> yes. I love it. That's awesome. And she's getting more comfortable in front of the camera. She's starting to, her little personality starting to come oh, out. And she's this. funny. Those videos were, um, it was, so when we started them, we did them for April for National Welding Month. And AWS was like, listen, it would be great. All these kids are home from school due to COVID stuff. Let's get these kids, you know, out working in the shop. They're home with their parents. I was like, all right, awesome. We can do that. So I did one each week. I had no idea how to do a DIY video. I had 
thank God my daughter is 11 and is savvy to like YouTube and watching DIY videos <laughs> on how to like make slime and everything else. <laughs> so, so thank God for that. Cause she was like the mini director. She's like, no mom, that's not how you do it. You need to set it up like that. So, like, nice. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so she got, me, uh, she got me squared away pretty fast. So she wasn't gonna let it, let it uh, be a total train wreck. So they've been getting better over every, every time. No, they're great. I love watching them. I think they're oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a, yeah, she's she's a character though. I love it. It's been a lot of fun. I'm very thankful. So I mean, I guess that's the good thing about not being on the road this year is I've had lots of time to uh, get out yeah. there with her and, and and try some new stuff. So yeah, absolutely. So what's this big sculpture you're working on? Ah, the sculpture. <laughs> so um, so a big initiative for the AWS. I don't know a lot of people if you've been following the AWS social medias and stuff like that. We've been really trying to push to become more relevant to the everyday welder, sculptors, metal artists, fabricators. Um, so it's not, we don't, we don't, you know, we want to encompass all of the community, not just, you know, the codes and standards and engineering side. Um, so a, a really cool idea that, that we thought would be really fun was pairing up with some really cool sculptures and metal artists. So Barbie the welder agreed to, uh, go ham with me on a sculpture and nice. so, you know we've been working I guess it's been I've been working about two and a half weeks now probably okay. um so we're making a giant uh Statue of Liberty who's Ooh. donned like a welder so she'll be uh she'll have a, a welding helmet on uh she'll be draped with the American flag nice um we're gonna be doing the American flag part together so she's gonna be coming on down to New Jersey and uh, we're gonna work on that here um, and then she's going to be holding uh, the AWS code book. So originally I was going to go with the That's structural awesome. steel code. And then all of my pieces are completely out of aluminum. And so we, we're going to go with the, the aluminum code book. So the D1.2. So nice. Um, so that That's was a, awesome. a little change. And then at the bottom of the base, um, it's a four-sided base. And I put copper and I do a lot of different engravings and stuff. Um, so I'm actually going to do different industry scenes around uh, the base that kind of represent the welding community. So it will be like nice. a skyline, a refinery for the pipe fitters out there, a uh, bridge scene with some transportation. And then I think on the back, we're going to do like an automotive um, robotic type scene. I think I'm going to go That's for like manufacturing so and automotive cool. industry. Yeah, so I got a lot of work. My hands are going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds intense. Yeah. That is such My ears are already ringing from the, the sound of the Dremel. <laughs> So are you, are you a talented artist too, like drawing and? Um, I mean, I, I've been told maybe so. Um, if I wasn't, if I wasn't a welder, I honestly have been a tattooer, but thankfully oh, uh, my skill set has been able to aid in the, the wants and needs of a lot of my tattooer friends. So hence my body being ankles to fingers. <laughs> <laughs> to bartering. <laughs> Gotta love bartering. Um, yeah, so it actually, it's, you know, I got one leg for, a, a, I did a roll cage and a Suzuki Samurai and floor pans and a new roof and wheel wells and front and rear bumpers for one leg. I did a dining room banquet table for the other leg. That's, <laughs> That's amazing. Like, uh, like stuff across my stomach was for the entryway to a tattoo parlor. Um, so <laughs> a lot of, a lot of tattoo shops across the East coast have, have some of my work in it. So. That's awesome. <laughs> or in their house. <laughs> I love being able to even like have a skill that's barterable, right? Like that's just such a cool thing to have. I was always so grateful for, for that being. Yeah. My husband gets mad. He doesn't have any barterable skills. So <laughs> he's, getting back, he's getting his back tattooed due to my bartering skills. So. Nice. <laughs> I've 
room. So now he's reaping the rewards. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do what do you think are the biggest challenges facing our industry right now, as far as the welding side of things? Oh gosh, the biggest the biggest challenging parts I think are sometimes I think it's students and kids being afraid to to kind of venture out from their their comfort of their nest of hmm. what's in their community. Um, teaching at a very rural school, I saw that a lot because they thought that if it wasn't within Salem County, there was nothing else out there and they weren't going to drive for it. And I said, you don't want to make mm. all this big, you know, pipe footer money, but you don't want to, you don't want to go after it, you know? So sometimes it's just, you know, not being so, I don't know, sometimes, you know, kids sometimes can be a little baby today. So, <laughs> so, so maybe just leaving the nest every once in a while. Um, so that's, that's been one thing that I've noticed that I think is a big problem is that kids are afraid to really kind of go out on their own and, and take the leap for themselves. Um, and they're afraid of failing for some reason. Um, I don't Do know why you... that's a scary thing for them. I mean, I know it was scary for me, but I mean, I've, I've felt plenty of times and there's plenty of times right. where I've been like, I'm done with this job. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> totally. Do you find, do you find that it's in your experience that it's the, the fear of going out on their own or is it the fear of exploring like the trades at all? Uh, you know, that I don't know. I, I feel like the kids, they always just want, it's like they need it handed to them. Like I, I, I try and do my best with, if any student in my program wanted a job, I would, I don't care how many places I had call asking and begging kids, you know, for them to, you know, take a look at my students, see what we got to offer or this and that. Um, most of my students would all, if they wanted a welding job, we'd figure it out, you know, we'd get them somewhere. And I think it's just giving, having, um, you know, a mentor in their corner sometimes some of these old old timers can be very intimidating when i got into the industry it was really intimidating and most people didn't welcome me or accept me or want me there or thought i was just uh you know an eo hire and that was you know all i was good for right. just to be a pretty face on the job site and you know that was it um and it took a lot took years to really kind of prove myself um but i think nowadays kids just want it to come easy and then that little bit of intimidation factor they get scared off um, so, you know, we just got to toughen them up a little bit. <laughs> I've met a lot of good instructors that are doing a pretty darn good job. So uh, hopefully they continue. It's interesting though, cause I hear like, I hear people say that they feel like kids just aren't interested in doing the trades. They're not interested in working with their hands. They're not like, they don't want to do these jobs. And, um, and I feel like my experience at least has been, it's not, the problem isn't getting kids interested. It's getting the parents to be okay yeah. with their kid pursuing Absolutely. that kind yeah, of career. Yeah, the idea of college doesn't have to be, you know, the, the key to your child's success. Right, I think it's a there's hard other thing. ways. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had that conversation at like back to school night and stuff with my senior students' parents being like, well, you know, I really thought he was gonna go to college and he was gonna go for this, you know, this <laughs> nuclear engineering program that they have there because my kid's gonna be a nuclear scientist. And right. like, you know, Little Mac doesn't want to be a nuclear scientist. He right, what if your kid doesn't smart. want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, you know, he's got a baseball scholarship and this and that. I'm like, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing. And then trying to sit down and tell them, like, listen, he can make this much money if he, you know, without any college debt or, you know, all he has to do is focus and get these certifications. And this place is willing to hire students as an apprentice and, you yeah. know, Put them through and, and pay for their training and pay for yeah. their certifications you know and then once you kind of start telling them like that 
I think sometimes students, maybe they go home and tell their parents about all this money they think they're going to make. And they just think that the kids are just blowing smoke, you know, like, nah, right. you know, it's, it really can't like, but you, they also forget your kid has to be a go getter too. Like you're, it's totally <laughs> right. You know? It's not just so, handed to you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but there but, is so much yeah, opportunity. Think, like, I feel yeah. like parents don't know. People don't know. Like, God, there's so many positions open and I like, I just like, People just don't know. I want to shout it off the rooftops. Right? Yeah. Like, there's so much opportunity for scholarships and great paying jobs and mm-hmm. you know, upward mobility. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people don't it's know. not, it's the industry is what you make it. You know, if the only place that you're looking is this pigeonholed, you know, whatever view of what the industry is in your town, well, you're cutting yourself out the knees by doing that. You know, yeah. if, you, if you look outside the box, you know, hey, if you really want to, if you want this, you might have to make some, you know, other changes throughout your life. So, I mean, I get bummed out when I hear people like talk about how there's no money in welding or this or that. Okay, well, there might not be any money in your, you know, 400 person town, but right, maybe in the next city down, there's a ton of money to be made there. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, that's a lot easier said than done, though. Too packing up your family, having to move for a long commute. I mean, when I was teaching, I took a less paying job. I cried my first my first paycheck that I got as as a welding instructor. Called my eyes out, called my mom. I don't know how I'm going to do this. What did I just do? <laughs> I was like, mom, what am I doing? And, you know, I was commuting an hour and 50 minutes each way to go and oh, teach wow. those kids down there in Salem County. That's so, commitment. And I sometimes, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze when it's something that you love and you want to, you know, you, you, every day you just have a blast when you go to work, you know, and, you know, that's what welding is for me. So, you know. That's awesome. But here I am now. <laughs> here you are now rocking it, like kicking butt and taking names, seriously. And I, I feel you, like I came up the same era as you did probably in, in the industry and kind of the experiences of, of not being so welcome. Um, and I feel like it's changed a little bit for ladies in, in automotive and welding. I think it's, it's starting to improve. What, what, are your, what are your words of, of advice from all your hard learned lessons of kind of putting up with that? in your starting out phases practice just practice practice your craft i mean everybody has bad days nobody's perfect i mean everybody looks up you know you got the you got these awesome awesome welders out there that you see plastered all over social media the reality is they're they're posting their best work all the time and Mm -hmm. they have bad days too you know they dip their tungsten they stick their rods you know they blow a root um it, it happens to all of us and i would tell my students that all the time just practice you know practice doesn't make perfect but you know practice will make you pretty damn close so that's that's you know a lot of kids they just don't want to put the time and they want to be good instantly because that's what they see on social media so totally yeah there's so many blessings to social media in the sense of like how we know about each other and we're not you know alone and we can see other people like us and we can form communities and all of that is is fantastic but on the flip side yeah like nobody's taking pictures of their they're mess ups. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, it leads not just for the kids. I think for so many of us, we're constantly, you know, yeah. looking at everybody else's perfection and wondering why we're not that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, and it's it doesn't come, it has, it didn't come easy for any of those, any of those people that all these kids no. are looking up to, no matter what industry it didn't come easy to them, you know, and they put no. the practice in. That's the difference. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I, I hear that a lot and it's an interesting kind of 
phenomena that I think has happened now. Like, there's definitely a lot of sexism in the industry, obviously, there, but it still exists, right? It's improved a lot, but it still exists. But I will often hear, especially younger women say like, oh, they're, they're not letting me do X, Y, and Z because I'm a girl. And I'm like, no, they're not letting you do X, Y, and Z because this is your first six months in the industry. Yeah. Like, you're yeah, new. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've gotta, you gotta pay your dues and you yeah. gotta like, yeah. you know, you, you learn and you practice and you keep going and, and yeah. eventually you earn the right. And it's, yes, there's sexism, but not everything that happens is sexism. <laughs> Some yeah. of it's just yeah. you being new. Yeah. Some of it's just people are assholes. So. <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> you can totally say that because it's totally true. Some people are. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. I hope nobody at work is watching this. Oh, man. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> no, you're fine. When I had Barbie on, please. Yeah. <laughs> I was like more, more cursing per minute than even oh, I no. normally do. I try to behave when I'm on live. I'm I I do have a potty mouth in real life though. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's all good. All good. So so what have you been keeping yourself busy with during COVID times with with you're not doing the tour, you're doing videos, you're doing sculpture. What is your like what does the daily life of Stephanie Hoffman look like? Oh, you know, mom things. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's keeping a keeping eleven year old busy, uh, getting right. ready for virtual school. We're not going back to school here just Ooh, yet in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, some of the districts are, not us, so we're preparing okay. for that. Um, but yeah, just a lot of work. So just yeah. really been focusing on, um, you know, now that I have some time to kind of do things within my industry that I never had time to do because I always had you know, some guy telling me, I gotta get this done. I gotta get these parts out. I gotta get this built. I gotta get that. I gotta get this lesson done to these students and you know, <laughs> this prepared. Um, so it's been nice to be able to one, make, make the videos, but then two, make other stuff that's just for me, you know, stuff that I just want to yeah. make and haven't been able to. I mean, I have like three things that I'm making all at once that I have yet to finish, but <laughs> I, think I, get that one. I know that feeling, <laughs> so, um, you know, my next, my next big thing is going to be, I, you know, this is a beer alley. I've been trying, I want to get myself a, a right hand drive Mini Cooper one these days and, uh, and do a little build on that. Problem is, I don't know nothing about mechanics. <laughs> That's okay. When I did the Chevy Montage build, I knew nothing about metal. Yeah. Or body work or paint. Yeah, I, mean, I guess YouTube is a great thing, right? Anything. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it is. And I think one of the like coolest things about the like network of women in the trades that's been like starting to really develop is is the willingness to to share the knowledge and share the love. And like, I didn't know anything about restoring vehicles. Yeah. Like, I, I know a ton now, but my cat is trying to join in on the conversation. Oh. Here. He's always got to make it a, seriously cat. <laughs> he always does this. I don't know what it is. Oh, my, my dog baloney, every time I get like, that's why I had to put him in a different room. Because if he hears, like, somebody else on the thing and he can't see them, he, like, starts going all, like, berserko. Right? Stuff. Like, he no, wants nothing to do with me most of the time. But the minute the camera's on, he's like, oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dog does the same thing. Actually, I have a funny story about my first time ever trying to do anything car-related. So when I was younger, I was real into, like, building Honda Civics. I thought I was going to be the next, like, awesome, like, drift racer or something. And, like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> So I had this epic idea that I was going to buy a right-hand drive front clip from Japan. So nice. I ordered, it came. I was like, I'm going to put this on a, in a four-door Civic because, you know, the, everybody has a hatchback back then or a right. Del Sol 
or whatever yeah. these were. We're talking very early 2000s. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was uh, thought I was going to be so cool and cutting edge with this four-door right-hand drive Civic. <laughs> and I was going to put a, uh, I think it was a, a B16 with an LS trans on it with a turbo. So these were great ideas for <coughs> any 17-year-old girl. <laughs> So this front clip came. We had no way of getting this out of the trunk of the the, well, the, the back of the truck, right? So okay. we had to ratchet strap it. And then we like basically did a burnout out of my driveway and put old um, mattresses down and oh ripped God. this thing. And <laughs> my mom was like, oh, no, you're not it. I'm like, no, I'm not it. <laughs> I'm like, it'll be done in like three weeks. It's only going to take three <laughs> weeks to do this whole front end swap on this car. No. So... I had no idea what I was doing. YouTube wasn't a thing then. Right. So there was no yeah. like, oh, what is it like to, you know, drill out all the spot welds in a, you know, the, the what is that, like a firewall of the, the front end of the car? Yeah, I mean, so many I spot welds. To, to buy drill bits, <laughs> drill all that out. And I was, you know, I was broke when I was, you know, 17 years old. I didn't have any money. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to borrow my friend's flux core welder. To weld this thing back on it was a disaster <laughs> it, i got it up and running um so got it up and running i took it i took my sister in it uh we went got over the long beach island bridge and we were got into the subway parking lot as we were being pulled over by a cop and he was like what is this contraption you're driving around in and, like, oh my goodness. Me. and there's there's in japan there's no serial numbers on their vehicles. right I have two different parts of motors that don't match this car in this thing. Not <laughs> suspicious at all. This thing was not, not street legal probably at all. And like, <laughs> I'm like, please don't arrest me. I'm literally crying. And like, I had, I didn't have like the ignition set up yet. So it was literally just like the bubble ignition cap thing. And I had a stubby flathead screwdriver and that's how I turned the car on. And <laughs> And, and my sister's like, oh, my God, we're going to jail. Turns out the cop I worked with at the, the place where I used to build all the stuff for the yachts. And he's like, oh, I know, I know you. Know. Okay, okay, you can go home. But just you need to go home. Like, do not drive this thing anymore. That yeah, is it was, amazing. It was an epic fail on my end. No, that's an epic <laughs> success. I love it. I, I think that was, that was one of my last, uh, that, was, that, was, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't told very many people that story, but I figured you would appreciate it. You just told a whole lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and, and it did not take three weeks. It took way longer than three weeks. Oh, my of mom, course. My mom it always like, takes way longer, even, even when you know what you're doing, it always takes way longer than you plan. But I think that's phenomenal. I love epic failure slash successes like that. I think that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was a horrible disaster. <laughs> <laughs> And ballsy to take it on, I right? Like that's not something that most folks do. When yeah, you're young, right? I, I don't know. Did you, ever, did you ever watch those those old Japanese cartoons? It was that initial D that was like it was all the drift racing, like Japanese oh, cartoon. No, oh, it was so rad. It was the raddest, stupid show ever. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be one of those people. <laughs> nice. You know, it's not I, too late. I never got to drive. I never drifted a regular drive car. So if you know anybody. <laughs> I might actually. I need to get in on that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I might. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to come out to Phoenix, though. Yeah. So, so this is my new dream: is I'm going to build a right-hand drive Mini Cooper. I and, love it. Uh, and rip it because I'm I only four it. foot eleven. So a Mini Cooper is like perfect size for me. So you're how tall? How tall? Four, four foot eleven. <laughs> you're a little itty bitty. 
I'm a troll. Yes, yes, yes. You're not a troll. <laughs> that, that I'm normally the shortest person in the room, so that that actually is uh, that's cool. Yeah, my daughter is is 11, and she's half an inch shorter than me now. So nice. <laughs> Awesome. That means you can like fit into tight spaces to do things. Like, yeah, I always found it an asset yeah. being little. That's always that's always my life. Oh, all right. Come There's up. so many times working <laughs> on cars where I'm like, I don't know how large men do this job because I'm yeah. having to fold myself into little teeny tiny places. Oh yeah. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, know well, how they do that. Yeah, I stanchion legs on a bow rail, and the whole boat is like, you know, we have 14 inches right. between that. I'm like. How is anybody else getting in between there? Right. <laughs> Who was doing this job before I got here? I want to know. Exactly. They just weren't doing it. They're yeah. Like, <laughs> they're like, that doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what's new and on the horizon for you? Oh, oh, I got big, big things coming. I'm very excited. Hopefully, yeah. everybody at home will be seeing a lot more of me. Um, oh, <laughs> Super, super top secret mission. Yeah, it's a little top secret, but hopefully, hopefully um, awesome. in the next couple of months, we'll be able to uh, really let everybody in nice. and, and share what's yeah. going on in my life. So, well, everybody stay tuned because yeah. I, I know that there's big stuff coming. Yeah. You'll be excited and want to yes. pay attention to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so again, if you're new and you're just joining in, this is Stephanie Hoffman. She is a welder, fabricator metal sculptor, teacher, instructor, phenomenal woman. If you don't follow her already, make sure that you follow her and check her out and stay tuned for really big stuff coming. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so excited about it. What, um, what's on your wish list? Like what, what's a, a project that you would love to do and haven't done yet? Aside from the right hand drive, Mini Cooper. Yeah, my little which Mini I love. Cooper, it's been a dream for, for, for freaking ever. Uh, <laughs> 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 gonna happen one day. Yes. Um, so really, the biggest thing on my wish list, wish list right now <laughs> is uh, I really want to get myself a, a CNC table, a nice little plasma table for my shop. Um, mm, that's I want kind one of, so bad. I think I think that'll be a, a pretty pretty big thing for me, rather than having to cut everything by hand or hassle my buddy at uh, his fab shop to borrow his stuff. Um, right. So that that's kind of the next. The next big thing for me, I think that'll be able to take what I do at home now mm -hmm. and uh, kind of take that stuff to the next level. So that's kind of nice. Where my my eyes are set right now. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw I Barbie the welder got one, and yeah. like, oh my gosh, I just I'm so jealous. I want one yeah. so bad. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, it it stinks because you have to take so much time to cut anything when you have to do it all by hand. You know, I got to lay out every every damn line, straight edge it, oh gosh, it's, totally. and then you have to clean it all after. Right. <laughs> it's all those not so smooth round marks you put in it. For the longest time, we didn't even have a, a regular like chop saw at the, oh, wow. at the shop. So like literally anything that we wanted to cut, we were doing with a cutoff wheel. Yeah. So I've been there. Yeah. Ridiculous. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, this is horrible. <laughs> like oh, not even a shear or. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I've so much stuff that I want to put but my shop at home, we have a two-car garage, and one half is my husband's and his gym equipment. Oh, I think I built half of the gym equipment over there. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the other side is my side, and I'm slowly encroaching. I said, I think we're gonna have to put an addition on this thing. But you know how properties of the Jersey Shore are—they're not very big, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tight. I mean, we're just blessed to have a two-car detached garage. So yeah, you know, the fact that we have that is like an anomaly. No, uh, that's, that's super huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, that, that's, that's my, next, my next thing. I've already cleared out the space. It's just a matter of uh, getting my life together and doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so were you mostly doing like freelance stuff then now? You're not, you're not working for anybody. You're kind of, you're doing your own so thing. So I work full time for the AWS. So that's, okay. so I'm the program manager of workforce development. Okay. I didn't realize that was a full time deal. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the trailer, um, generally I would help, you know, all the, the logistics of that with our team. We have a great team at MRA um, out in Detroit who housed the trailer and you okay. know, deal with all the tour management side of it. Um, but I help with facilitating where we're going to go and planning all that stuff. Um, and then uh, when I'm not doing the trailer stuff, I do uh, the monthly blog. I do a monthly blog for Welding Digest. Um, I help with the, the grants and stuff. We do the big $25,000 school grants. Um, so those, those applications are open if anybody's at a, where do people go? Where do yeah. they go for scholarships and so grants? AWS.org backslash uh, foundation. And you'll find all of our grants along with scholarships and all that stuff. So, um, I mostly help out with the grant awarding stuff to the schools. Um, but if anybody ever, you know, needs stuff, just head over to that, that page and there's all, all that cool. good, good information over there. Awesome. Um, yeah, but. I do a bunch of stuff and then obviously a lot of different content and stuff I do for, for yeah, you, now. You're so doing my, my job has, you know, I was hired to do the trailer and then the trailer happened and then now it is not happening. So I'm very thankful that the AWS has found lots of other uses for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but yes, yeah, so that's, that's my full time. Full -time yeah. Thing. You're doing a ton. Um, yeah. And, and, and being that, a mom. I, I do do a lot of, I do a lot of side work. So. <laughs> a lot. So I've got a couple of questions just rolled in. Um, one is from Molly from Driven Restoration. Um, she's wanting to know if you find that your your kid, I, I think she said kids, but you only have one child, right? Um, yeah. Takes instruction for you or from you or like her kids can only learn from a third party. <laughs> yeah, um, it was easier when she was smaller. The older she's been getting, the more um, I don't know anything, I guess, type of thing. <laughs> you know, okay. You know, what happens. Um, but it's it's funny. I think that that's a that's a problem across the board because I go, when I'm out on the trailer talking to students, um, they're asking me all types of questions, and their instructor will be right there and be like, "I told you this. Like, <laughs> totally. how come it's suddenly light bulbs going off? I told we talked about this. Um, <laughs> totally. Um, but the same thing would happen with me when I would be talking to my students. It would be yeah. you know in one ear and one out the other. I'd have one of my you know friends from the industry come in and do a demo, and it was like ah, you know right. Um, but yeah, I think she does take instruction from me in the shop pretty well still. Um, she gets frustrated with me, though, a little easy. Um, so I always got to, like, remember that, you know, I'm, I'm still her mom, and she doesn't always like to, you know, listen to everything that I have to say. Right. So I got to take her frustration with a grain of salt sometimes, because uh, I couldn't imagine my mom trying to teach me how to weld. So. Right. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, and, you know, I get impatient with her. Yeah, it's like to me, welding and all that is so easy, and she should just know how to do it. You know, like what do you mean you're you're get, you're, you're too hot, or what do you mean you, you can't see it that good? You know, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> so um, I think it's probably frustration on both ends. Sometimes the uh, you know instruction doesn't doesn't go yeah. as smoothly as I think it will go in my head. Fair enough. Appreciate yeah. the honesty. <laughs> so Welder Nea um, just asked, um, she's, a, she's also an instructor. Um, she's asking if you've ever had issues uh, or dealt with students not respecting you and how did you deal with it? No, I, I don't think I ever had that problem, honestly. Um, what, do you, what do you attribute it 
too. Do you feel like there's something that you did to kind of establish your, you know, um, domain? <laughs> I think they just respected my skill set and knowledge a lot. So maybe they didn't they didn't question it um, all too often because I wasn't the type of instructor that. Um, you know, would just tell them to do something and not do it myself. You know, everything was demo led and then, and then that. But it seemed that I gained the respect of the older students when I first started there, my senior students first, it seemed like. Um, because the instructor that I replaced was really old, didn't really do too much with them, wasn't really engaged with them. So they saw what I was doing for them and they really valued that. And I think it kind of was a trickle down effect. So I think maybe my situation was very different than maybe what a lot of other instructors deal with. Um, and then they kind of, you know, I was like their crazy aunt, I think I turned into like for a lot of them. So they always were like, like you didn't mess with the welding crew. You know, it was kind of like one of those types of vibes when I was instructing. Nice. Like we were very, <laughs> we were very tight knit. Um, everybody, I don't know. It was just, I guess, I don't know how I did it. Um, they would call me Mini Hulk at times when I would get mad. So, <laughs> That's so they, you know, they, like, they just didn't want to make me upset or like disappoint me because I'm, you know, I, I also am a veteran and I come from that, you know, very military mind. It's, you know, in the beginning, yeah. one person does it, you all do it, you know, and hey, we're all back to, back to square one here. So yeah. uh, that kind of helped too. Maybe. I had a mentor once tell me, and I, I was never good at this, but um, but her words of advice, she was a teacher, not in, in the trades, but she was a teacher. And she said, always start out the semester as the bitch. Yeah. Because you can always become nice, but you can't start out nice and then become the bitch. So Absolutely. I thought it was really interesting. And I don't necessarily know that I would use those words myself. But like her point was when you start out strict, it establishes that respect. And then... Yes then you can become nice and become friendlier, but it's hard to go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Like if you start um, out nice, it's hard to suddenly be true. like, you know. Um, that could be one thing that, that helped with, with the kids respecting me, um, was the quality that I expected from them was something that sometimes would be slightly unattainable for them. So mm -hmm. I think they were always pushing to do better and they didn't want to disappoint. So like if something wasn't square or something wasn't, you know, didn't look right, they knew if I came over and saw it, I'd either take it and cut it apart and make them do it again. Or, you know, I would just take it from them and be like, well, you didn't come up with a blueprint for this. You didn't tell me what, how much, you know, you didn't tell me this, you didn't do that. You know, this is part of being responsible and, and you know, and I think laying ground rules like that for them so that they, I, I wouldn't say they never feared me. They didn't, you know, I think I, I don't have any students. I don't think that ever, not that I know that we're like, <laughs> um, but they always knew that I demanded a certain level of quality out of them. And I think that, yeah. that definitely helps. I, I would agree. I think there's something to that. Like, I think sometimes the inclination, like I had some really harsh mentors when I was coming up in the industry and I hated them at the time because I was like, why are you so mean? But, yeah. but now I kind of attribute, I'm as good of a technician as I am today because my mentor wouldn't help me right? <laughs> or like forced me to figure it out. And, and, and in retrospect, it wasn't, he wasn't being mean about it. He was just like, figure it out. Yeah. You can figure it out, figure it out. And I think it's that like holding people to a higher standard. Yeah. Like, I know you have it in you to figure it out. So I'm not going to hold your hand. Yeah. 
figure no, it out. Absolutely. Your... I, I, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for any instructors is, is set the bar high for all your students and, and especially in the beginning, especially in the beginning, you know, just they should, you know, they should look at you as if, you know, you should be held to a different level than, yeah. than what they are, but they should aspire to come up to your level. So I think it's particularly challenging for younger instructors. Um, because they're not that far away from the age of, of their students. And I think that could be challenging. And uh, Danae is saying she wished she could find a female mentor that is instructed. Um, well, hey girl, you can reach out to uh, Miss Stephanie. So Elder <laughs> Danae, you should reach out and connect. Yes. Um, that's, that's what this is all about. Like us finding each other and supporting each other and, and helping one another out. So, um, so yeah, they're out there. You just gotta find them and very cool. I dig it. So we have eight minutes left <laughs> before Instagram is going to cut us off and tell us we, we can't do this anymore. So um, what, what else that we've covered everything? I feel like my goodness, we've talked about a lot of things. Um, is yeah. there anything else you want to share with people? Where do they find you? How do they connect with you? Um, um, what should they know? Yeah. So I, you know, I can't help but encourage people to really good out there. If you're in the welding community or want to be in the welding community, get involved with your local AWS sections. Um, there's sections in everybody's area all across the country, Canada included. Um, so find out what section you're a part of, what district you're a part of, find out, you know, from your district, then what section you're in. Um, a lot of great opportunities out there, especially with networking and networking for your students. So if you're a welding instructor, it's so important to get your students out to AWS meetings. They're normally every month. Yes. Um, and they are all over the country, like I said, and a lot of them will change from place to place. Um, but get your kids active in the community because those people that are sitting on those, you know, section AWS boards and stuff like that, um, they are the people that are working at companies that a lot of times are doing the hiring or know who's doing the hiring. Um, oftentimes, I'm part of the Philadelphia section of the AWS. Um, and oftentimes, we, we change our locations every month of where we're holding our meetings. And we go to places that are looking to hire welders. So we always encourage students to come out and bring their resume. That's and bring awesome. it or just come out and check out the facilities and see yeah. what type of industry is in your area. So it's really important to get involved with your AWS sections. If you don't know what section you're a part of, you can go on aws.org and you can look it up uh, by your zip code and all that good stuff and reach out and connect to the folks that are in charge of your sections. Um, right. Also becoming a member of the AWS will open the doors for a lot more scholarship money. So a lot of the scholarships do require membership. Ah. So, um, you know, How much does it cost to become a member? It's um, $80 it's for a regular oh. membership. And I believe it's, $15 for a student membership. Oh, so if you're a student, that's awesome. it's like 15 bucks. Um, and so definitely go over there and, and find out all that price. Yes, that's fantastic <laughs> advice. Fantastic. Yeah, so it's, it's really important. And the networking, I can't say enough about the networking. The networking is the reason why I have the that's job like that. that I have today. Um, and that was because I went to AWS meetings and I would go there and talk to people. I was supposed to become my district director uh, of the area that I live in. And I ended up getting offered this job because I was went to the uh, Instructors Institute one year as an instructor. It's so if you're an instructor out there, become an AWS member, go to a couple meetings, and then apply to go to the Instructors Institute from the AWS. It's a week nice. paid for down in Ooh. Miami at our headquarters. 
um, and they take care of everything. And you meet instructors from all across the country. Um, yeah. So I have friends now in every state that I go to because I've met them through the AWS. Um, then the following year after that, I went for the leadership symposium because I thought I was going to become the district director. And then next thing you know, like the board members uh, within the sections and districts, they're volunteer positions, right? So then out of nowhere, I got an email from the folks at the AWS asking me to come and tour the country because I was going to meetings and voicing, you know, AWS needs to get with the time. We need to become more relevant to, to the actual yeah. workforce and the welders out there and the fabricators. And they're like, sweet, help us. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they listened, you know, That's so, awesome. so here I am. And it, That's I, fantastic. It, you know, it can happen to anybody. I never thought I would be, you know, a welder with, going on tour with a multi-million dollar Lincoln right. trailer thing. You know? and, and I think that's so huge. Country. And, you know, it, all that happened because of my, you know, taking the time to go to a once yeah. a month meeting. Um, yes. Networking and don't yep. burn bridges because it's a yep. small world. So like go meet people. It really, you know, it is what you know, but it also is who you know. And Absolutely. And I have plenty of students who can contest too that have yeah. come out to meetings and then up getting jobs at those meetings. So. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many more opportunities out there than people realize. Like networking has been absolutely the, the source of all of my success in my life. So yeah, I 100% yeah. second that. Yeah. So if you live in the Philadelphia area, come hang out with me at a meeting. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're about to get booted. So I'm going to thank you. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to DM you. You got to send me your address. I'm going to send you a thank you. Happy hour glass for joining me. Thank and um, once, uh, once you're able to go public with your big news, maybe we'll have to have you back on. So we yeah, can talk absolutely. about that. And it was so awesome getting to hear your story and get to know you a little bit better. Thank you and so I, much for having me. Absolutely. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Make sure you tune in again next week for our next fantastic guest. All right. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye.